Welcome to CX Today with me, David Dungo. I have with me today founder and principal analyst of ZK Research, Zias Caravala. Welcome to the show, Zias. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Dave. How have you been? I'm good, thank you. Apart from stumbling over your, your name there in the introduction, I'm very good. Yeah, well, everyone does that. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I'll get to see you soon, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Today, Zeus, um, we're going to be talking about the uh, Gartner's latest CCAS Magic Quadrant for 2021. Uh, before we get into that, though, uh, do you want to give our audience a bit of a, an introduction to yourself and ZK Research? Sure. I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk about this because it is hot off the presses. But for those who don't know me, I'm, I'm Zeus Caraval. And uh, I, as you mentioned, I founded my own research firm, ZK Research. I've been doing that. About, I just actually hit the 10-year anniversary at the beginning of August. So... Um, I guess that's something. Congratulations. Um, the uh, my my focus area. Uh, I'm not like a traditional analyst that has a well defined coverage area that I live and die with for the rest of my life. I tend to focus on most aspects of communications and networking and security, but I only look at the the markets that are emerging or in transition. And the contact center one's a good one because five six years ago we had a very well defined set of players. There wasn't a lot of disruption there, and so there really wasn't a lot of interesting research to do. Today, because of the rise of the cloud or artificial intelligence, things like that, the, the space has gotten a whole lot more interesting. And uh, so now it, uh, I think, warrants uh, um, more research because it's, it's, it's causing buyers to change their behavior. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, before we get into the nitty gritty, we'll, uh, we'll overlay the magic quadrant on the screen now so viewers can have a look at the latest one uh, from Gartner. Um, but in terms of how to read this magic quadrant, it's probably worth spending 20, 30 seconds on just pointing out, you know, what it all means. So we've got four quadrants, you know, top, top right leaders, um, bottom right, we've got visionaries, bottom left, we've got niche players, and top left, we've got um, the challengers uh, with our vertical axis uh, ability to execute, and then our horizontal axis is uh, completeness of vision. Um, so that, that's the quadrant. Um, Zias, tell us, how important are, um, are the placement of these dots on this, on this quadrant? Uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, it, it is important. Uh, and the, the quadrants are interesting because, the, as you mentioned, it's the two axes that are really important. So that uh, companies can have a strong vision, but for whatever reason, maybe their ability to execute on things, cash flow problems, things like that aren't that high. That's how you become a visionary. So you have strong vision, but weak ability to execute. The challengers are ones that, you know, for whatever reason, they, they, they do well on the execution side, but perhaps their vision isn't in alignment. I'm not going to say with the industry, but with Gartner, right? And so uh, I, I think the um, a lot of customers use this as a shortlisting tool. And so the placement within the quadrant itself isn't as important as the quadrant you're in, right? So I've talked to buyers where they're going to issue an RFP to all the leaders or all the leaders and all the visionaries and things like that. So making it in the quadrant tends to be more important than the actual where you are in the quadrant itself. Obviously, you would think the further up and to the right you are, um, the better it is. And that's you know probably true from a Gartner measurement perspective, from the, but from a practical perspective, from a buyer, um, it's it's the quadrant that you're in that matters versus where you're placed in the quadrant. Excellent. So, um, I mean, look, comparing this year's quadrant to uh, 2019, oh, sorry, not 2019, 2020's quadrant, I should say, yeah. Um, it doesn't initially appear to be a lot of difference, um, but tell us, you know, what, what were the standout 
um, highlights for you? Yeah, the there really wasn't a lot of movement in, in vendors. They they were all roughly in the same place they were before. I did notice that the whole quadrant moved down a little bit. I don't know if that was from the pandemic, but everybody has the same relative scoring. Uh, obviously, the, the the three big winners are Genesis and Nice uh, with their in contact product and TalkDesk, who are all in the leaders categories. Um, I, um, uh, I and to me, the big big winner of this is TalkDesk because. Most people know who Genesis and Nice are. They have big install bases. You know, they both bought, they both acquired their way into the into the CCAS space. TalkDesk built theirs from the ground up. Uh, they just actually turned 10 as well. Uh, I didn't plan that with Tiago a decade ago or anything like that. Uh, but um, uh, but, the, but those are, you know, who I would view as the big winners. I think, you know, it is a, the, the Amazon Web Services has been creeping up year over year. And I think they're a little further ahead on the, vision scale uh than they were last year uh i don't think their their ability to execute is about the same but to me that the quadrant now is a legitimized aws as a contact center vendor uh, i get a lot of questions about are they or not are they not in this to stick around for the long haul and i i've talked to amazon a lot about this they are here to stay and uh but but i think they're they're they've been in this quadrant now in that spot a couple of years and i think they're fully legitimized as a vendor yeah and um well t- turning our attention to the top left quadrant uh, the challenges section. The big, the big news from last year was, of course, Five Nine, who um, you know fell out of the leaders quadrant because of the way uh, Gartner um, produced one global uh, quadrant instead of one for North America and one for Europe. Um, you know, what, what, what's your take on that? We all, we all kind of thought maybe Five Nine would make it back into the leaders quadrant this year, but they haven't quite made it there. Yeah, I did talk about AWS before. I thought they would make it back in, but you're right. With five nine, I did think they would make it back into that leader's quadrant. And I, I, I um, I don't, I don't work for Gartner, uh, and I've never really talked to Gartner about this. But I, I sometimes I struggle to understand their logic, um, just because they're not in a couple of small regions where um, they're measuring this. Um, I, I don't really understand why their ability to, or their vision would be any less strong than it was prior to that, right? So um, it just it's a matter of building out those sites uh, or, or where they have location, but they put so much focus in to evangelizing the contact center market uh, that to me, it's I, I'm surprised, you know, if you wanna say they're not strong in the build and execute, that's fine, but um, there's probably been no bigger spokesperson for cloud contact center than their CEO, Roland Trollope. He's, he's uh, carried, you know, they're the largest uh, public traded company uh, in this space, he's he's on CNBC all the time. He, he gives a lot of talks on this, and I think uh, Five Nine has really carried the flag for this industry for a long time. And so, to not see them as a leader, um, I would I'm guessing inside Five Nine is pretty disappointing. And you know, the, when you look at the other players that are in that quadrant with them, Eight by Eight, Vonage, Content Guru. I think Eight by Eight and Vonage both have good platforms. Content Gurus is okay. Uh, but they're certainly not in the same class as Five Nine as far as you know overall market awareness goes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let, let, let's let's talk about a few of those people in that in that quadrant. Then you know you mentioned two of them, Eight by Eight and Vonage. Uh, we're seeing increasingly they're they're pitching their CCAS uh, solutions alongside um, their their UCAS capabilities as well. You know how important do you think that's going to be long term? And obviously, talking about Five Nines and of course Zoom have just acquired them, so we might see a play. Yeah along the same lines of from them down the road as well. Yeah, well, when when Zoom bought Five9, that's the reason they gave, was more and more customers wanted to buy them together. Uh, I have yet to really 
it's interesting because I've yet to talk to a customer that's given me, well, I've talked to a couple that have had reasons to, that they want the same stack from a vendor. Um, uh, but from a purchasing standpoint, you see often as the lead for contact center, which is interesting because when you look at the relative value to an organization, the price per seat that you pay, contact centers average revenue price per seat is like a 150 bucks or something like that, right? Where you see is on the $20, $30 side, but you see tends to lead the sale in a lot of cases. And I think from an eight by eight and Vonage perspective, they've both gone to market. They're, they're very similar companies. In fact, they both went through a recent CEO change. Uh, the former CEO is the one that did all the acquisitions to, to bring all those capabilities together. Um, 8x8 calls, there's XCAS, right? Um, where Vonage is, uh, you know, Vonage Business Cloud is in some ways is very similar, but they use UC as an entry point. Uh, eight, Vonage tends to use their API platform a little more uh, than 8x8 does, but they both tend to enter with UC and then sell Contact Center um, off of that. And I, and if you look, that's very similar to uh, the way more and more vendors go in the market. Even Ring Central on the UC side sells a lot of Contact Center where they use UC as a lead. So, I do think that's becoming more and more important. I don't believe that's been reflected in this quadrant, though. I, I think when Gartner looks at it, they look at it through the siloed lens of contact center, which is something I think they may need to address down the road. Yeah, well, that was going to be my next question. Um, yeah. Are we likely to see a quadrant from Gartner that might encompass both of those technologies as we're seeing them come together? Yeah, I, I suspect down the road we might. I don't think it's on the roadmap anytime soon. Gartner takes a long time to change these things. Um, and that's uh, one of the reasons I've been critical of the quadrants in the past. Also, there's no really sense of context either. So if you think about, uh, you know, if you were to do a magic quadrant for small businesses versus large enterprises, you might have different placements of vendors. Uh, but, I, but I do think it's, uh, you know, it's a bit of a revenue stream for them too, right? The, the players that are in the leaders quadrant on the UC quadrant will likely buy the quadrant and do some marketing around the same for the CC one. So if they create one, that creates a lower revenue opportunity for them too. So I would think they would have to rethink the entire industry and uh, come up with a different way of scoring it. But uh, it, it, I, I do think given the trends in the industry and the acquisitions that we've seen, and even the innovation from you know a few companies that aren't mentioned on here, which hopefully we'll talk about, uh, it, those two markets are, are, are rapidly coming together. Yeah, well, you, you, you've mentioned uh, well, the elephant in the room, you know, who, who's not on this quadrant. Obviously, the leaders, in NICE, Genesis, uh, massive installed bases, um, a few other big vendors out there, uh, such as Avaya, Cisco, uh, all have their own uh, CCAS offering now. You know, what are they going to do to get on, get, get on this quadrant? Yeah, I'm not sure. Again, I, I don't fully know the entire qualification list. And uh, I, I do think that uh, next year at this time, uh, we should see both Avaya and Cisco. They both did re, uh, almost do a relaunch of their CCAS. Avaya's is relatively new. Cisco has had a CCAS offering, but they've, uh, uh, they've done a lot of work to bring it into the WebEx stack and things like that. So now it's a full-fledged, in both cases, they're full-fledged CCAS offerings. In fact, on the most recent earnings call for Avaya, which just happened, at time of recording earlier this week, um, they they did they talked a lot about their cloud growth. Now, in both cases, both Avaya and Cisco have been very um, steadfast in their belief that this market goes hybrid uh, as it goes up market. And I think that's that's the conversation that I've had with customers, and so I think their approach tends to be a little different because they do deal with when you look at both those companies, 
they both deal with Fortune 2000 companies. They have all the big airlines, governments, banks, things like that. So um, those companies, uh, those types of deployments are a lot more difficult as well because there's a lot more customization and integration work, both services uh, versus on the 100-person contact center. But uh, I, I think um, the, the the relative newness that they are in this industry has probably kept them, kept them out. But uh, I would think that uh, we should see them in here next year. Yeah, well, I, th- I think we're in for an exciting uh, twelve months. Um, and yeah. With with your with your crystal ball out, uh, Zias, um, you know, if you're lo- looking ahead to next year, you've made made a, alluded to a few changes that might might or uh, may or may not happen. Um, you know, what 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 kind of quadrant do you think we're seeing next year? Who who are the key players in then? Do you think we'll see a bit of movement this time around in uh, in twenty twenty two? Yeah, I, I think within the leader quadrant, we should see TalkDesk close the gap between Genesis and Nice. Uh, I think TalkDesk is uh, has an excellent vision for where the industry go. They've got some great people. Uh, I don't know if you you saw they just uh, uh, you, you probably saw this news that they just announced another round of funding at a ten billion dollar valuation. So that that company is innovating very quickly. Uh, I I think some of the things that are maybe not included in the quadrant, and I'm not. Again, I'm I'm not, I'm not privy to all the things that are included in there, but some of the areas where a lot of the uh, born in the cloud players have been innovating is the area of like no code interfaces and low code interfaces, things like that, that may not be uh, something that gets weighed in, but, but you, you have to start thinking about the evolution of the space, right? And the company's AI capabilities and things like that. So that to me would, would allow them to close that gap. I, I do think that... Um, we should see both 5.9 and AWS move back into that leader quadrant, or AWS has never been there, but 5.9 moved back. And I think the merger with Zoom will help that because I believe the regions that have kept 5.9 out, Zoom actually has presence in. So if you assume that by next year at this time, there's some cross-selling, although they're not expecting the deal to close until mid next year. So we might not quite have that in place, yeah. uh, but assuming it is, that might help 5.9 you know, move back over the bar. And AWS is one where um, their placement is very curious to me because Gartner has them as a strong visionary, uh, which I, I believe they are, but they have them ranked fairly low on ability to execute. They have them on the lower half. And um, <laughs> I, I don't know what AWS would have to do to convince Gartner that they their ability to execute is high because, frankly, they could buy the rest of the quadrant if they wanted to. So uh, I think those those are a couple of movements we'll see. Uh, and I think if the, you know, I think one or both of 8Byte and Vonage will move as well. I think the, the Rory Reed, who now runs Vonage, and Dave Sipes, who runs 8Byte, were brought in to execute on the vision laid down by the former CEOs that actually acquired all the components and brought them together. And I think in both cases now, the components are there, and they just have to execute on this. And so if they do their jobs, then you should see their ability to execute growing. You'll see them move if, uh, at least upwards, if not to the right as well. Well, look, thank you, Zeus. Um, Your comments are always greatly appreciated. It's always lovely to talk to you. Yeah, no, it's great. I I, uh, love the debates on this. And, uh, you know, I don't like, sometimes I don't like poking at other players' research, but Gartner always leaves themselves open to interpretation of these things, so it's fun to do. Excellent. Okay, well... Thank you for watching. You've been watching me, David Dungate, on CX Today. If you like today's discussion, please give us a like and a share on social media. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, that's it from me. I'll see you next time.